All right. Well, good morning. How are y'all? Y'all can sit down if you're not already sitting. Uh, How many people have uh, already broke their New Year's resolutions? Every year I say I'm going to start out, I'm going to eat right. That didn't happen. I ate with my right and my left hand and, and I'm continuing to put the scale in the wrong direction. But that's okay. This morning we're going to talk about something that has nothing to do directly with eating. We're going to talk about communion. And if you notice... God kind of has a neat way of doing things. Communion was a little different this morning. Rob and I got our workout. We went all the way around. And y'all might have noticed that. And it kind of worked out because I wanted to focus a little bit on the bread of life uh, from John chapter 6. But as y'all know, I do a little research. The bread. Did you know the first electric toaster appeared in 1909? And it toasted one side of the bread, and it required you to pull the plug when the bread got to where you want it to be toasted. That wasn't very successful. The first automatic toaster was invented back in 1919. If Bill Howard was still alive, he could probably remember that. Um, It was by Charles Strite, and he was a man that was sick and tired of having his toast burnt. He had that automatic toast. But as Americans back in that day, they were skeptical at first. So from 1922 to 1930, sales tripled with the introduction of an important part. These toaster sales tripled with the introduction of sliced bread by Wonder Bread Company. Before this, you bought bread in a whole loaf. And if you're going to enjoy this new toaster, you need the convenience of sliced bread. And many people in America thought that sliced bread was about the best thing they have heard of Hence came the term, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm sure you all all wanted to know about how that term came to be. We're also going to talk about the bread, but not physical bread. I would like to talk about the living bread of life, far greater than any sliced bread that we can buy in the store. Jesus said, I'm a living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. That's John 6, 51. And in fact, John devotes the entire sixth chapter uh, to one thing. Christ is the bread of life. He is the nourishment for our hungry souls. And it's sometimes said that we may not understand what Jesus meant when he said, I am the bread of life. Over in the Middle East countries, Bread is not just something extra in a meal. It's the heart of every meal. And Jesus is illustrating that the only way you can come to life is through Him. Jesus used a whole bunch of metaphors to define His ministry. But let's consider this one metaphor, this bread, for a few minutes and discover the message that He wants to convey. Jesus said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which is I shall give, which I shall give for the life of the world. It means no one 
is excluded from the bread of life in the entire world. There's no restriction to the kind of person Christ invites to His table. It makes no difference who you are, what you've done, how you got here. And there's no official language at Christ's table except for the language of the heart. A uh, respected mission group, I believe it was back in the 60s, sent a group of translators to a remote tribe in South America. When the translators had reached the gospel of John chapter 6, the translators realized there was no such thing as bread in that culture. The tribe did, however, have a certain type of banana which they used sort of like bread. Thus, for the purposes of the translation, it became Jesus said, I am the banana of life. And centuries back in Indian cultures, there was also no such thing as bread. But it really doesn't make a difference whether you say Christ is the bread of life or Christ is the banana of life because we worship a universal Christ. We serve a God whose name is known and worshiped all around the world. John the Baptist says in John 1.29, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. Of course, that which is most universal is also most personal. Christ doesn't forget any of us. God loves you and you and you and you, everyone. The Lord is showing His mercy on an individual basis through the communion service. His love is both universal and yet extremely personal. He is the bread for a hungry world. He is the bread for your life and for mine. Jesus then said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. That's John six fifty three. And certainly, the bread that Christ gives us is a personal thing. We rejoice in our acceptance by God and the indwelling of Christ's Spirit within us. But this experience does not happen in isolation. It happens in an entire Christian community, which we call communion, a fellowship. And of course, many people in com communities have their own ideas and understandings of the Holy Communion. Traditionally, we have communion at church with the entire congregation. But of course, different people have different needs. There are some who have private communion with God, even in front of the computer on Facebook. It's clear, though, in this passage that Christ is talking about something more than just a personal or individualistic need. We read in the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, there is a clear reference to the holy sacrament offered by the church. The bread is personal, but it's also communal. It's the bread of God's people. The strength we draw from eating the body of Christ is partially the result of our spirits joining as His disciples. We are the body of Christ. You look at the scriptures, you'll find that Christian faith is not lived in isolation. It is not a faith that stands strong alone. We are a sacred fellowship the Bible says in Hebrews, Rob, is that the coffee chapter? Didn't we discuss that this morning? It's Hebrews coffee. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place 
once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. There was a Presbyterian missionary who was taken hostage in Lebanon. This was also back in the 60s. He spoke bravely and worshipped about the Lord even while he was held captive. And every Sunday night he saved a piece of bread from dinner and on that Sunday morning he would eat that piece of bread and felt moved by the sense of having communion with God's people all over the world. Even in prison, he found a way to celebrate being in the presence of the Lord. The bread of Christ is universal, yet it's personal. Personal, yet it's communal. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. That's John six fifty eight. Another thing we do, and Misty gets on to me about this, we go to the store and we might check the expiration dates. You know, like this says, sell before January 1st, 2024. All food has an expiration date. And we pay attention because we don't want some sour milk or some stale bread, right? Christ bread is time sensitive as well. Biblical scholars tell us that when Jesus told us to pray in the Lord's Prayer for our daily bread where we say, give us today our daily bread. He used a word that is unique in all of Greek literature. The word is not found in classical Greek. It is not found in the New Testament Greek. Some people thought Matthew made up the word when he wrote the gospel. But in 1947, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. And amongst them was a shopping list which contained the word daily. So Jesus' word for daily was in fact on a list. The items that were needed to be purchased every day in the marketplace were on this list. Bread, before the time of preservatives, needed to be baked daily. Mary knows about baking bread and making bread, and it has a finite lifetime. Whereas I think you can probably buy some bread in the store that may last six months. It's amazing the things they can do. Um, But like manna, this fresh fresh baked bread could get moldy in a dry climate just as well as it could in a humid climate. So Jesus calls us to depend upon him daily. Each day should look like a new day in which we need to feed our spiritual souls. Daily remember the death on that cross through communion. We can't depend on yesterday's prayer to spiritually nurture us for today. We can't depend on tomorrow's prayer to satisfy our hunger for today. We must nourish our soul with the bread of Christ each and every day. Hence our daily bread. See these weird paradoxes? Aren't these awesome? It's universal, yet it's personal. It's personal, yet it's communal. It's time-sensitive, Yet it's eternal. Jesus says that even though this bread of the life he gives us is eternal, it must be gathered daily. And this brings us to the last paradox. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds me will live because of me. That's John 6:57. The bread of Christ gives us great strength 
And therefore, we do not want to lose it, nor misplace it. But at the same time, Christ wants us to give it away. This is the message that God gave us. The bread of Christ is not to be hidden or stored or kept to ourselves. It is to be shared with the world. Usually we say in our communion service, this body of Christ given for you. We do not say the body of Christ is broken for you. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. We say that often uh, in our communion scriptures. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. No accidents right here, folks. Also, uh, in one of his books, Charles Allen tells of a story of World War II coming to a close. The Allied armies gathered up many hungry orphans. They were placed in camps where they were well fed. In spite of the excellent care, they didn't sleep too well. They seemed nervous and afraid. And this psychologist came and visited with them and came up with a solution. He said each child was given a piece of bread to hold after they were put to bed. This particular piece of bread was to be held, not eaten. The piece of bread produced wonderful results. The children went to bed knowing unconsciously that they would have food to eat the next day. That guarantee gave the children a restful and satisfied night's sleep. So church, it seems that everyone who lives in this world, whether they live in Quana or Missouri or overseas somewhere, rich or poor, orphan or non-orphan, sick or healthy, is looking for a guarantee of bread to eat the next day without being nervous or afraid. But not just that physical bread. I'm talking about that spiritual bread. There are sleepless people because they don't have the reassurance of the bread of Christ, that gospel. It is our responsibility as the body of Christ to ease the brokenhearted with the reassurance of the bread of Christ. Don't keep the gospel of Jesus Christ to yourself. Share it with those who seek spiritual nourishment. And my resolution, my challenge to you, I think back to Nikki going, hey, I'm sitting up here all by myself and we've got people right behind you, Nikki. My challenge to you, church, bring one new person to church next Sunday, the Sunday after. Bring them to be fed spiritually here in his house. And this is really Christ's message to us. You remember all these paradoxes I've spoke about today? The bread of Christ is universal, yet it's personal. It's personal, yet it's communal. It's time sensitive, yet it's eternal. It is to be kept, yet given away. Remember these words when we take communion next Sunday. When we take the bread, we're partaking of Jesus Christ. We're saying, yes, I believe you are the bread of life. Jesus himself is the nourishment that gives us eternal life. Jesus did not come to feed the world with bread that would give physical life. He came to give himself as the bread of eternal life. And that is just an absolutely incredible thing to think about when you stop and think about it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, 
I just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning and, and deliver a message. Lord, I just thank you for that bread that you provide each and every one of us on a daily basis and that hope and promise of life eternal with you. Lord, I just ask as we prepare to leave this place that you watch over each and every one of us. We have a number sick. Please heal them and bring them back into your house and watch and provide safe travels for those who may be on the road or be preparing to go back to college or whatever in this world. Just provide your hand of protection over them. In your son's precious and holy name I pray. Amen.